honey, wake up. What? What's going on? It's... Um, I have, I have news. I have bad news. Why? Why are you? I don't want you me? to get upset. Okay, what is it? Okay, but promise me you won't get upset. I'm not going to promise you that. Okay, but you probably won't get upset, right? Uh, what are you wearing? Why do you have all this stuff on you? It's protective gear. Listen, I shrunk your car. You shrunk my like you got a new car that no is smaller. No, I like the SUV. Yeah, your Lexus SUV. I shrunk it. You can't what? use it anymore. It's like a little Hot Wheels now. What? Yeah. How and why? I the shrink ray I've been working on. I used it and what I shrunk. Shr- don't you just casually brought up a shrink ray? Yeah. You've been. I thought you've been searching for jobs. Not even updating your LinkedIn profile. You said. I have not been doing that. I've been working on a shrink ray because I thought that would solve all our problems. I'd be famous. How? I'd make what? me a ton of money. Make what, us what, a ton. Did of- you? What else did you shrink? Nothing. What's that in your hand? It's nothing. What is that? I shrunk your dad. Oh. Oh my God. This is your father. Oh my God. Hello. Oh my God. Dad. My baby. I haven't seen you in 10 years. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, bad, bad. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I'm Ethan Edinburgh, your host, of course. And today we are talking about 1989's, I think, classic Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, a movie I thought that I loved uh, fondly and had a special place in my childhood. And now after watching it, I think I may have mental problems because it's a very strange, strange film. But we'll get into it uh, with my guests. First off, we have the wonderful filmmaker, comedian and brilliant improviser, uh, Ryan Barton. How's it going? Ryan? Oh, my gosh, it's going so good. I am so happy to be here. Thrilled that you're here. Yeah, thrilled. The it was it's a gorgeous day outside Beautiful. and there is so much Culver City traffic yeah because they just shut down everything <laughs> it's just there's so much construction get to really stay in your car and think about things yeah, yeah. and what's cool is that it's like every day <laughs> yeah, you know it's not just is- today it's it's all the time here <laughs> It doesn't matter what time it is. No, it doesn't. All the time. It doesn't. Joining us is our old friend from the uh, Bugs Life episode, which you might recall. It's Dr. Benjamin Max Adams. uh, He's the postdoctoral fellow at the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County. How's it going? I'm happy to be back. I'm so happy that you're back here, Max. It's been a long time. It has been. How have you been? I've been well. I'm just, you know, <laughs> studying ants, crawling through people's backyards, looking to see what lives in them. Right, yeah. Appropriate for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I was going to say, yeah. It's Talk a about lot some like, backyard insects. Uh, uh, Wayne Zielinski, or what was his name yeah. in this movie? That yeah. feels close. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, he's close, close enough. enough. <laughs> Wayne. Yeah. We'll just call him Wayne. Oh, yeah. Um, so Ryan, a little uh, backstory yes. on on Max here. Max uh, f- climbs trees in the rainforest. He spent a long time studying fire ants. He's the real deal. Okay, he's coming with some serious uh, experience. He's pooped uh, at night in the rainforest alone, so you can trust him. You can trust that. (laughs) Yeah, he's eaten all sorts of weird insects. Okay, well, just letting you know, Max, you can trust me too, because (laughs) I have literally the past three months, no joke, no lie, I've been watching every video on ants and um, a lot of bug wars. I'm so excited. So So, wait, what is bug wars? I don't know what this is. Okay, so first off, I just want to say I used to hate it. I used to really hate it. Because like gross bug. No, because when the bugs fight each other, Mm -hmm. um, they like put in like animal sounds 
like oh. swords and like uh, like a really like a bad pig oil, like really bad yeah. animal sounds. Yes. And it's like, oh my god, I just I don't need that. It's like too much. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then I just started watching it. And I'm really learning a lot about a lot of things. Oh, that's so. Cool. I really am happy you mentioned all these animal sounds because one of the things that drove me nuts about this movie, yes, the animal sounds. Oh yeah. We can delve into it later, but oh. Uh, Insects making all those noises drove me nuts. Yeah, it, yeah, because it's like okay, it's really <laughs> it's inaccurate. Was one of my huge pet peeves yeah. about that show. Also, I'm kind of like when you watch it. Maybe this is just a guess on my part, but it looks like they have a studio where they just make these bugs fight each other, which yeah. is like so sad. Whoa, do you uh, know about this? Have you seen the show? I, I know about Bug Wars. I haven't watched much of it. Um, okay for various reasons uh curious um it's mostly just like oh okay we're gonna we're gonna throw two things in a cage and shake it up and hopefully they'll they'll right attack each other yeah which sometimes they're informative but uh it's a there's some ethical issues there even if we're talking about insects and as a scientist Coming from you, a guy who like puts ants in their mouth hey 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 i get approval to do that <laughs> no i mean who knows <laughs> Uh, Science requires you to do another good reason to talk about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but the ethics behind science is generally pretty rigorous, especially if it involves other animals. Um, There's a lot of paperwork and a lot of forms, and Wayne Selinsky is well outside of those bounds. (laughs) Yeah. He gets shunned by the scientific community in that conference they keep referring to so many times. Uh, Nobody thinks that he's smart. He's not smart. I'm going to go out on a limb and say – He's a schmuck. Oh. <laughs> Is that wrong? It Am I wrong? Hurts. It hurts. Okay. Because he did achieve something very incredible. Okay. Although very dangerous. And <laughs> creating a shrinking machine in his attic yeah, or whatever. Definitely. But like, honestly, guys, yeah. I haven't done all great scientists do. Oh, our, our, you know, sometimes you got a little bit of fiddling. Yeah. 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 I would, I I relate to him in that I would absolutely, if you told me no, but I think I was onto something, Mm -hmm. I would keep going (laughs) and endanger my entire family. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's one way to do it. So that's, that's actually a really good point. A lot of science does happen, uh, exactly like that so pushing envelopes is necessary the the goal of a of a really a really ideal scientist is to get to the cutting edge and push our push our boundary of knowledge a little bit further and so yeah so at at its very base your goal should be to so yeah to okay disregard maybe other people's worries and go for it i have a question for you yeah go for it so let's say you're put in a similar situation where like you have something i don't know you have something and you know it goes against like protocol yeah. paperwork all of that but you have it and it's yeah. tried and true and you have like the one person you can trust do you like do the thing where you pass it on or try to push it forward or yeah it's a good question so i i will go ahead and say that the nice thing about working with insects is and it's kind of the unfortunate thing depending on who you talk to is that that there isn't much oversight on insects so to study insects um it really requires you to kill them very often and so there isn't as much regulation as Mm. say if you're working with something that has a spinal cord so sure mammals birds is that the requirement that is literally that that is literally basically jellyfish so there's a group called (laughs) iacook which i don't remember what iacook stands for okay uh but it is the the regulatory body of basically like scientific ethics with animals okay and so you have to fill out paperwork if you work on anything that has a spinal cord Whoa. or I think cephalopods, so like uh, cephalopod? uh, octopus? octopus and squids. Okay. Oh, interesting. So okay. those are things that we know 
they're, have they feel because pain. they're semi cute. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. more sense. Ulti- than what ultimate, I said. ultimately, it's because they are semi cute. Like, oh, you're the fluffy, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Things that people like feel attached to often have yeah. ethical issues. But if you're experimenting on a cockroach, you so do they, whatever no, the hell you want. don't feel pain. Um. So okay. So I wouldn't say bugs don't feel pain, but it's. It, oh, Auntie felt pain. Anti felt like, pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. range of emotions. Okay, so the th- thing you have to consider is that the I insect. Think it's a she. Yeah, it it was should a, be a I she. Think it was a she. It Auntie sounds be. like a she name. <laughs> Auntie does sound like a she name, but it is yeah. kind of neutral. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, but and yeah, a so, lazy name. Can I <laughs> also say that? A hundred percent. I mean, the writers, with it. The writers were exhausted <laughs> yeah, by the time they got to that just part. Just call it Auntie and move on. Let's go. By the way, sorry, but speaking of crap names, uh, when they originally titled this screenplay, it was oh. Teeny Weenies. Yeah. So just heads up. Wait, <laughs> so not to just fully diverge from the question, but no, please. what? Yeah. Teeny Weenies? Teeny Weenies was the yeah. name of this movie. And then they changed it to like Grounded or like something. The Backyard and like yeah, a couple backyard, other things. Yeah, Backyard. And then eventually they were like, oh, we'll just take this line of dialogue, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which a lot of people had an issue with oh, because grammatically it should be shrank. Honey, I Shrank the Kids. No, that's why it's genius. It's not only genius because it's a line of dialogue, it's genius because it's wrong syntax. <laughs> Where is it? It sounds colloquial, but, but it makes sense. Also, would have loved for it to be called The Backyard. <laughs> yeah. That's haunting. It's more accurate and right, more like a horror film, which, which we were talking about a little bit. It's like a, it's like a horror it, movie, a it, little bit. I remember that... <laughs> ending scene where with auntie like i that's it's vivid yeah. it's vivid it's hell like i hold that memory wow. it's deep it's deep oh i i do too like this was part of the reason why when we're when ethan and i were talking about possible movies i was like okay i know it's probably junky but like <laughs> right in my like right in my heart is honey i shrunk the kids yeah. like this is insects everywhere and wow i hate to be insulting the film i really try not to do that on, <laughs> on this program yeah. i really so go tough. for the compliments but i couldn't believe what i was watching last night i was really stunned by maybe the campiness of it or just how silly like i kept thinking about how if you're the parents of these kids and they are more than likely dead you know like what are the percentages here that these kids have died with the broom or in the garbage thing or just in the backyard and they're just like talking as if they're at the mall, which they could have been, apparently. They've mentioned like nine times. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just, he's there. He's on the uh, stilts with the binoculars. Like, that could easily kill them. The dog is running free. Put him in a cage. That could kill them. I was just, I kept they, thinking about all these things. They should things. have died five million times. Oh, at yeah, least, five million at times. Least. I'm glad it, we're on the same page on that. It was clearly a horror movie that someone went like, hey, if we cut out like the beheadings and stuff, we can make this a kid's movie. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. why I was like, no, the entire right. time you're sitting there going like, well, that's going to chop there. Oh, it didn't. Huh. Oh, they lived through that. Well, that's surprising. Oh, another kiss. I want to see the like a master edit of that, turn, <laughs> turning it into a horror. <laughs> yeah. I would. So apparently the directors were horror directors, like oh. looking at it. Well, this I, guy, I exactly um, who it was, but. oh my God, I should have his name. John Johnston, I think his name was. This was his first. He did special effects for like. The sounds old... like an anti-name. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm Sounds just like a wrestler. <laughs> I'm just lazily Johnson. making it up. <laughs> yeah. He uh he was doing special effects for the old Star Wars movies and Indiana Jones and stuff. So he was like an established guy. Mm-hmm. And then this was his uh directorial debut. Wow. So this is his first movie. We may know this, we may not. Did he do anything after this? So great question. Because he did a few movies right after this that I love. Oh. Okay. Right after this. The Rocketeer. Mm. Don't know it. 
Rocketeer? Awesome. Yeah. Watch that. the Rocketeer? Putting, putting it on the list. Oh, oh, sure. Watch the Rocketeer. We'll, we'll do that. Right we'll do that next episode. That's fun. Rocket. There's got to be some science in there. How do he basically? It's a guy with like just a find an engineer. You it's got kind it. of a oh, similar okay. plot now that I think about it because it's like a guy who's kind of a doof who is that it? has who an invention. Oh, do we know? I don't know. I he's don't a handsome man. Okay. Anyways. He also did one it's of like the Marvel movies, guy. right? Got it. Marvel movies? I think he did. Oh, like, he did. You're right. The, the Captain America. This director yeah. went on to do eventually the Captain America. I don't know what. Don't something know or I haven't one. even seen it. Hmm, okay. After the Rocketeer, he did the Page Master. Which is I great. Love the right. The best okay, so he's, he's a good. So he's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> so he's a certified genius. And then after that, Jumanji. Okay. I mean, yeah. good night. Good night. <laughs> Bye. And we'll see you guys next episode. Bye. Everyone Please apparently needs their Honey, I Shrunk the Kids to get launched. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so what you're saying is he has the golden thumb. Whatever he touches turns to absolute gold. Yes. I know he's done a bunch of other movies. I just don't have them in front of me. But those three that were directly following Honey, I Shrunk the Kids were like, wow, this yeah. he's a master. Well, I, one of the other directors on it or producers or someone else was was – one of the people who did Reanimator and stuff like That's that, right. like these really campy horror films. Mm-hmm. And so like it it makes sense looking at it from that perspective. That, yeah. Like this is the way this movie works. I mean the effects the effects in particular are, are still to this day a little bit unnerving, right? Yeah. Like seeing the huge ants, which I saw some behind the scenes stuff. I don't know if you researched that at all, but there they made these huge uh ants and bees and they took like twelve people to move them. It was crazy. Yeah, the set pieces I think we're probably the kind of the coolest part of that. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's cool. It's cool knowing he did like Page Master and Jumanji. I so you could actually produce decent things. Too. Yeah. Well, it's because cool, it's like, you know, how to interact, having a director who knows how to interact with a puppet, puppets or or mm-hmm. an anime, a special, yeah, special effect is kind of cool. Yeah. In absolutely. A way. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome and haunting. And I still, I'm sure we'll, we'll have for years now the picture of like these ants, like the mouth and you could hear, because yeah. again, they're making these weird noises the and stuff. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it really stays with you. And so, so I'm sorry, but you're saying that they don't make any noise at all because obviously the shrieking and stuff is yeah, the shrieking crazy. butterfly is ridiculous. Um, so <laughs> like that 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 made me cringe inside. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so insects, for the most part, like whenever you think about it, we are very uh, our, whenever we think about our senses, we are very uh, visual. We rely a lot on sound. Mm-hmm. Well, except Insects. Ryan. Ryan's more of a touch guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm fully like a, very a bat or a mole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Ryan, yeah. but you would probably get along more what, better with the ants. So a lot of ants, oh. um, ants especially, um, really rely on chemoreception, and so that is basically taste and smell. Mm. Okay. Is that so, what they were doing with those? Yeah, the antenation okay. is literally what we call that whenever you use your antennae to like things. touch mm. things. So ants are actually covered in these hydrocarbons. These they're their outside skeleton is covered basically in like a specific stench. Whoa. And that stench or taste is what tells other ants, hey, I'm your sister. Hey, we work together. We're from the same colony. And so different colonies have a slightly different odor and they can talk to each other through those odors. Ants, whenever they move around finding trails and whatnot whatnot, they lay down special odors and that's actually what they're following. So the very visually oriented ant who's like looking at things and pointing and then making clicks and noises, Mm -hmm. those things, they're Ants do make some noises. We know that they some ants will stridulate, which is basically rubbing two like rigid, rigid as in has ridges mm-hmm. uh, pieces together. So you kind of get like a, I don't even know what that would like a 
kind of sound. Okay. So there are ants that stridulate if they like if there's like a tunnel collapse. Like everyone, oh. come find me! I'm squeaking. Like come get me! I'm in danger. So there is some of that. Okay. But for the most part, ants communicate. Like if it's in danger, it will release a pheromone, a, a alarm pheromone that basically goes, "Everyone, come here! Come help!" And so ants gotcha. are really not relying on mm. sounds. And if anything, those sounds would probably give away their positions to potential predators. Got it. And so everything making squeaks and moans and groans is just like, yeah, yeah. It should would probably they, be would fairly they do silent. That in the, Cause in the film, there's like a scout ant that find, cause they have like that big cookie they yeah. find. And so this, this, someone's, I can't remember who, but one of the kids is it's saying like, it's like, a scout. Yeah. It's yeah. a scout ant. The other ones will be here soon. Like, is that accurate? That it, it's somewhat accurate. So there, there's a lot of ants that do that. So um, actually a professor out of Stanford named Deborah Gordon. Shout out. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's a fantastic. Fantastic, absolutely amazing um, ant researcher. Yeah, a we love Deborah. Yeah, she's also very funny. <laughs> yeah, so yes, funny. Hilarious. Her jokes. <laughs> it just—it's a dry wit. It's oh. a dry. Yeah, she's dry, but God, she comes around and it's so good. <laughs> I mean, her timing. Yeah. So Dr. Gordon does a lot of research on um, basically ants' jobs. Like, so how do they work and how do they organize things like that? And a lot of her. Previous work was looking at like how do you stimulate foraging behavior. So, um, why does an ant decide to go out and look for food? And the ants she works with are these ants called harvester ants, which are, you'd actually find them around here, around LA. They're big ants that hunt for seeds. Mm -hmm. And early in the morning, the harvester ants send out essentially scouts Ooh, who will missions. basically yeah go out on reconnaissance, look for food, lay out trails, and they find it. And then as they come back, if they're successful. Other ants will then follow their trail and then lay down more trail pheromones. Uh. And so you get this sort of positive feedback where their food resources are what we would call patchy. So you basically have like a spot with a lot of food and then a lot of nothing and then like a spot with a lot of food. So they're looking for seeds. So often it's like, oh, this this plant here is dropping seeds today. And so there's a lot of food. There's a lot of I'm seeds getting. there. Someone found it. They came back with a seed. They, through different means, communicated that like this is a I found food. Yeah. And then another ant goes and finds food. And every time they get food, they lay more trail pheromone. So it kind of gets this positive feedback. And are so they going there to eat or are they going there to collect and bring back to the colony? The latter. So generally they're going there to collect and bring back. Okay. So being outside of the nest is really dangerous. So ants actually, they they break up the way they work um, through through their lives. So they start out when they're first when they first eclose, uh, which is the term we use for when they leave their pupil state. So oh. they're like was that e-close? E-close, yeah. Okay. So ants ants go through full uh, metamorphosis. So they start out as an egg. They then the egg hatches into like this like little maggot larvae caterpillar like thing. Mm -hmm. That thing in some cases spins a cocoon. Many ants don't, but they go into like a pupal stage, which is basically like the the chrysalis cocoon stage when you think of like a caterpillar, and then out of that emerges an ant, an adult ant, the one we would think about. Gotcha. But. Right after they close, they tend to work in the nest. So these are the ants that are young. Um, they're the most valuable because they have the longest life to live. Mm. And so they do things in the nest. They, they do safe things. And then as you get older, as you get less valuable, as you basically start breaking down, oh. you then get jobs like you take the trash out or you go out and look for food because if you're going to get eaten, you're going to likely get eaten outside. Yeah, you or get, You get that serving job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do. Or the very end is you often are the ones that go to battle. So uh, one of the most famous um, myrmecologists is this uh, professor from Harvard named E.O. Wilson. And he has a really famous quote uh, talking about ants and humans. And he says the difference between ants and humans is humans send their young men to die in war while ants send their old ladies. 
Wow. And that's so Auntie. Auntie is actually cool. not a baby ant. As they said, Auntie would have actually been she's the a, grandma. Yeah. She's a grandma who, who <laughs> ready to stomp out a she scorpion. Joan of the Ar- or Joan of Arc. Yeah, she's, Joan yeah, of Arc. But a lot older. Yeah. yeah she's great. the matriarch. So by then all the males are dead. Or- oh yeah. So male ants are interesting. So all the ants you'll see probably on any given day are female. Um, so all the workers are female. The queen is female. Um, however, they do produce males, but males have basically one job. They're flying sperm bags. Fly, mm. breed, die. Mm. And so male ants are pretty useless. Um, Even in the like old age, take the garbage out type. Like, <laughs> you don't need them to <laughs> do that? Them, no. no, they don't do anything because they don't want to work. Very so good. their whole job is to build up a bunch of energy. Uh-huh. So that they can fly and breed. So they they do no work. They mm. provide no labor. They are completely useless. They basically they, go feed me, feed me, feed me. Okay, great. I'm gonna go fuck now. Right. Sounds like the life. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they have wings. Sign, they do. Yeah. So there are two groups of ants. Ants uh, have casts, is what we call them. Casts. Uh, yeah. So they have different reproductive casts. So humans, we just have males and females. Ants have males. And then the females are split into two groups, Ooh. the reproductive females, which are the ones that become queens, and then the workers, uh, which can come in a lot of different varieties. You can have what we call polymorphism, so they can come in different sizes. So you'll have really large ants, these soldiers, worker ants, and then like small little ants that do other other little things. So but, how, how do they kill these useless dudes? Uh, so, so I talked about it previously, but my undergraduate degree, I studied fire ants and their rafting behaviors. Right. Yes, I, I recall. Yeah. And yes. so during during a flood or a storm, uh, fire ants will build these rafts out of their bodies to protect the queen mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there are any male ants in the raft at the start, um, within 24 hours, all the males are gone. And during the, the project I was working on, we were like, well, what happened to the males? Yeah. So we had them in like clear containers so we could see. And you don't ever find the males because presumably the females, all the workers go, okay, well, you're, you're lunch now. Wow. So they eat them to get energy to build the raft. Probably eat them. Yeah. Or don't let them on the raft, one of the two. Okay. So <laughs> my thing is this. I, I'm I'm a born... I'm a little girl, but like I want to be a queen. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, how does that happen? Like, well, how do get I get to that yeah. status as so, opposed to being like a worker? Yeah, yeah. So it yeah. varies boring, a little bit. Boring. Um, <laughs> so, so um, within the hymenoptera, which are the ants, the bees, and the wasps, and then another group called sawflies, which are a smaller group, uh, but uh, within the social insects, which are mostly the wasps and bees and ants. Um, caste determination is often determined by how much food you get as a baby. Mm. So if we don't feed you very much and keep you kind of scrawny, you're going to become a worker. However, if they give you a lot of food, you're going to be able to really beef up and a lot of that, that extra energy will go to gonad production. Mm. So the production of, uh, of sexual organs. And then from there, you then... So it's you, about your parents. Yeah, it's about how much they- Are your parents feeding you? I, no, that doesn't oh, yeah, even make so, sense. Okay, so it, social insects are, generally speaking- <laughs> There's no guy. There is no guy. So what happens is mom, queen, queen ant, mates. She then lands somewhere, digs a hole in the ground, and lays a couple of eggs. Those eggs hatch, and they're workers. Okay. And then they go out, in many cases, and look for food, while the queen then stays home and keeps laying eggs. And so- Whoa. Every ant in the colony, and as a general rule, there are definitely exceptions to this, are all sisters. And they all 
share a mother, the queen. Mm. And so the queen, the, the system She's is just there eating, laying eating eggs, and laying eggs. So that's what you're, that's your goal. That's, that that's the goal. So hot. Feed me, yeah. feed me and drop, I'll drop eggs. You yeah. Take care of it. So, um, Good life. <laughs> it's a great life. again, EO Wilson has this, this comparison, um, is that ants don't really like when we think of like social hierarchies in humans, uh, there's definitely like a leader directing where everyone goes, but that's not really how ants work. They're, mm -hmm. they're very much individuals kind of all functioning together. No one's telling you what to do, mm -hmm. or there's no like queen on top telling everyone. The queen doesn't direct the colony. Oh, okay. So the colony is taking care of the queen. Yeah. So E.O. Wilson described it as a factory inside of a fortress. Mm. The queen is the factory producing more and more workers and eventually uh, producing reproductives. So new queens. Okay. And then the workers are defending this fortress, their colony. Are there ever several queens? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the Argentine ants we have here are really a unique system. They are what we call a, um, a, um, I'm forgetting the word all of a sudden, a super colony. Ah. So a super colony is an ant colony in which they don't have recognition between different colonies. So that, that mm. cuticular hydrocarbons I was talking about earlier that ants use to like taste and smell and to figure out who is who, they basically don't recognize different colonies. They're all like, oh, cool. You're another Argentine ant. We're buds. Mm. So you can take Argentine ants from here in LA uh -huh. and bring them to Europe and drop them off in the super colony there. And they're like, oh, cool. I can live here. That's fine. Versus like most ants, you think of like these big ant battles. That Isn't there some sort of problem with that though? Aren't they like monopolizing yeah. ants? Yeah. So Argentine ants, the reason they're an invasive ant and the reason they've been so successful in these invaded areas uh -huh. is because they form these super colonies. They Other ants would battle against each other and all the Argentines are like, we're cool with each other. Yeah. And yeah. so within it's the super like colony- state warriors situation. <laughs> yes. like, let's just collect- That's all. exactly what it is. Yes. Right? <laughs> they go to the NBA playoffs. The Argentine ants go to the NBA playoffs <laughs> every year. Every year. One, no one challenges <laughs> So them. annoying. Yeah. Argentines. Uh, yeah. So we'd call those colonies polygyne. It means it has multiple queens. A gyne is the fancy word for a reproductive female ant. I usually say gyne. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to, for the rest of this year, use polygyne. <laughs> yeah. Polygyne. Polygyne. <laughs> Wait. So just for the movie, because I was like, yeah, those kids would be eaten then immediately because they don't have the chemical hydro, whatever those yeah. are. Auntie, to Auntie would have made a lunch out of them very quickly. And since they're there, so ants tend to have um, preferences in terms of diet. A lot of ants that live on the ground um, tend to be, tend to not have enough uh, carbohydrates. So a lot of sugars and stuff in their diet, they tend to do a little bit better in terms of protein. So Auntie may have gone like, you're not worth the, the fight. I'm going to get some of this uh some more of this cookie and uh -huh. and they go like about my business yeah they really like sugar okay. Uh, okay ants that so a lot of my previous work was ants that live in the canopies of trees and those are really uh limited in terms of nitrogen so protein and so those had the kids landed in a, a tree instead of the ground mm -hmm. those they would not have lasted been like oh bye birdie hey little hey little protein packet <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah Aunt, auntie would not have been their friend i am uh <laughs> right. so, like i'm not allergic to much but i uh, i'm allergic to bad attitudes like the uh, other that's, thing that's one thing i know about you yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing I'm like very alerted to is ants. Really? Ant venom. Wow. It is really? like ant venom or whatever they but whatever they inject in me, it oh, wow. lights me up. 
Okay, yeah, that's... so let's go through it. When were you bitten? What happened? Not in a long time. Because, okay. But like, I remember two specific times because I'm from Arizona. And like, I live in the deserts of Arizona. So like, bugs are yep. a constant. And Arizona is a fantastic ant place, actually. Oh, like, uh, ants. I, some of the best ants. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah, they're the like a Pellegrino. It is. Of ants. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, yeah, one time I got bit like in my shin or whatever and you could just follow the trail because it's just going up my yeah. bloodstream to my heart and then my dad was like <laughs> my dad was like if it goes it's very big and my dad was like if it goes past this point like we i'm taking you to the hospital yeah. and i was like okay yeah fair but wait what was going like you just a so, rash so no it was like puff, like it started like puff swelling like, up i swell up immediately like Whoa. like not a small swell like a huge swell okay. and then that swell turned into a line like following my Jeez. blood vein oh my like God, so scary so scary and then one time i got bit in the foot and like lit like literally for the, like a week whenever i'd step like you could feel like it was full of liquid oh my God. like it was like that puffed up it just like was a pustule. like yeah oh. it, it was like the whole foot i could just every time i stepped down i could feel it the liquid jiggle oh. in my foot jesus <laughs> so i'm not creeped terrible. out by a lot of things but like human changes in bodies i'm like oh yeah that's it's gross. <laughs> it has a spinal cord. Ooh. <laughs> you should have seen my puberty. I changed so much. And let's bring it up. So maybe let's talk about that. I mean, why? Yeah. Uh, what is this venom about? Is that in all ants? Does it hurt when that happens? Yeah, yeah it's a great question. So ants, um, ants are all female. And so the way they sting you is they have a, modifi- a modified Ovipositor. 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 And that means that's their, their... What a great joke it would be if you're just making all this crap up. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, yeah, oh okay. Oh my God, I've always thought about oh, doing that. Like, just up. like... I'm, yeah, just, polygon. Just add in words that aren't real. It's like teaching <laughs> okay. someone a foreign <laughs> language. <laughs> yeah. Polygon. All right, sorry. Yeah, Go so, ahead. Um, so uh, it's, it's the tool that would be used to lay eggs. And so they modify it and that's what becomes a stinger. And so Whoa. in they a lot... They modify it? Like, it, like it's been... It's been modified. So they don't bite you. They do. So they'll bite and then they'll sting. And then there are several ants that Mm. have modified that stinger further. So just to quickly hit the modifying part. Hit it. The uh, millions of years of evolution, this ovipositor, because the worker ants aren't producing eggs. They're they're non-reproductive. They can sacrifice their reproductive organs to do something else. Whoa. And so that in the worker ants, that reproductive organ essentially has become a stinger mm. in some cases it it becomes what we call an acidopore which is basically an acid sprayer and oh, so yeah i've seen that yeah so some ants will spray acid others Jeez. will just rub like a caustic liquid on you some will um sting you have an actual stinger but like at, at the basal so at the the earliest lineages of ants all had stingers you know that reminds me of like when you start like a video game and they're like, do you want to be the wizard class or like the, <laughs> right. a warrior class? To you. You're like, so there's a video okay. game where you get to do that with ants. Yeah, exactly. There's two. There's two awesome ones. <laughs> oh, wait, there really is? Yeah, there really Wait, so, name it. So the first one is Simant. Okay, uh, which, Sim Ant. Sim Ant. So like the Sims, same group of people made an ant game back in like the early 90s. I vaguely remember this. I don't vaguely remember this. I played the hell out of Sim Ant. Yeah. <laughs> Ant. I wonder if I had Sim Ant on CD. I still have Sim Ant. I'll need to borrow yeah. that. Yeah. And or I should say, uh, we'll need to borrow that. What it, yeah. I think the other one they've been working on is called <laughs> Empires of the Undergrowth. Which, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. Wow. I haven't Empires played that one yet, so I can't speak to it. But like literally that's what you do. Like you, from my understanding is you take over different colonies and you can 
and basically evolve new Damn. types of ants. Like now you get trap draw ants. Okay, in there. I love that. <laughs> That's cool. Like, you know, Deborah at a party the other day yeah. told this incredible <laughs> joke. Oh, go ahead. Can I say? Can please, I, please. Um, I love her. And it was all about that game. Um, knock, knock. Empire of the Undergirth? No, the <laughs> other one. Oh, uh, Simant. Yeah. Oh, uh, Simant. Right. <laughs> Wait, wait, you say Simant who? Simant who? I can't play that game. Too many semantics. Oh, I know. Deborah. And she, honestly, the entire room was dead. Yeah. Was gone. Yeah, that makes sense. The well, air. you get a couple of drinks in her. <laughs> yeah, she, she gets I wild. only know Dr. Gordon in passing. <laughs> yeah. Please, I You should she seriously spend, I yeah, she you should spend some more time with her. this or any of her students. <laughs> Just keep her away from tequila. I tell you what. I tell you what. <laughs> She's okay with Reposado, but that Blanco... <laughs> She is. <laughs> this, is like, um, this is one of like the premier ant people in my career. I, uh, I'm just gonna hear this and be like, "Well, you're never gonna go anywhere, Max." I mean, no, we're not talking uh, crap on Brian yeah. Brown. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're only giving her the best compliments. Yeah, exactly. She she killed the room. <laughs> she killed it with that semantics joke. I wish Did you hear I that semantics? Oh my yeah. god, I'm, I'm definitely gonna remember that. She's a genius. Um, okay, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go back to the show about science. I I have uh, how much money the movie made. I don't know if anybody oh, yeah, cares I about do, that. I do. It did. Box it was like a, like a success, right? It was a successful. Yeah. You want to guess? This was in '89, um, I think. So keep uh, that in mind. Fifty million. Okay. I'm gonna go million? with 120 million. It's 222 wow. million. It became the highest grossing live action Disney film ever. <laughs> A record it held for five years. <laughs> Do we know who who beat it? I don't, but it was something in '94. Wow, dude! I wonder what the um, uh, inflation rate, yeah, or whatever, what yeah. it would be now, or what that two hundred. I, I don't want to think about it, honestly. Mm, yeah, that's it, messed up. It would make me <laughs> feel so good if it was like one billion dollars. <laughs> the most successful film of all time. Yeah, honey, I, honey, I the, kids. the kids. I couldn't oh. believe that it made so much money. Uh, I mean, again, I know it was a big part of a lot of people's childhood and et cetera, et cetera. The special effects are great, but Jesus, watching this movie, the last line of the movie. Does anybody remember what the last line of the movie was? What was it? It was the kid going, oh, I get it now. French French class. class. I was like, what? (laughs) How is that allowed? No. (laughs) It's allowed because it's the same people who wrote (laughs) Auntie. You're right. (laughs) They're just like, you're exhausted. uh, (laughs) Just just bring back up French kissing again. Come on. Yeah. It'll be funny. People will love it. Don't test it. (laughs) Don't test it. Don't put it up on its feet. (laughs) I want to show down. Somewhere. <laughs> I wanted to also mention the uh, intro sequence because it was my favorite part of the film. It's amazing. The little animated yeah. intro, Ren and Stimpy-esque. Uh, it's cute. I thought that was so good. Did you watch the uh, the Rod- Who Framed Roger Rabbit short that used to no. come in front of it? Oh. Do you remember yeah, that? I there's, do remember that. Like a, a, Whoa. There's like a... A Roger Rabbit sh- short that happened before it. It's like with seven minutes. Ba- is with, with the, the baby? baby with the rattle. Oh, oh, that I have seen with yeah. the knives and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like they're very genius. Dangerous. They're ge- the movie's genius. It's but super they genius. The, the, the first fourteen minutes, the Roger Rabbit, and then the animated introduction. Yes, what Amazing. was that? So good. Like what? Like I drew. Like that's kind of like how they duped us with Coco, where, where they like made us watch a thirty-minute awful Frozen short. <laughs> 
And then they're like, okay, here's Coco. And you're like, why are you doing this to this film? Why? Yeah. <laughs> but it made Coco all the better. Because now this when Coco starts, you're like, whoa. This you're like, is thank God. The godfather of Pixar. But also. <laughs> a lot of people say that. I didn't say that. But a lot of people have said Yeah, that. I've heard that around. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually haven't seen it yet. Ooh, gotta see Coco. It's so good. Oh, oh, I gosh. love Coco. I cried okay. twice during Coco. Up, up did me in. And then Toy Story 3. I was like, come on, Pixar. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. No, you can do it you, more. You can do it you more. Should. And you should. It hurts my soul. Uh, <laughs> And that short, if I'm remembering correctly, very disturbing, very scary, uh, okay. kind of like, right? The baby one. I'm the baby one. About. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was dark. Yeah. Weird move <laughs> yeah. to do that. I loved it. That it fits yeah, with the theme awesome. of the movie, though. It. Like, like, oh, this yeah. is all kind of strangely dark. Scary as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I wanted to talk about remote controlled lawnmowers. Uh, <laughs> there's a remote controlled lawnmower in this movie. Mm, and wonderful. I was thinking... Why is that not more of a thing? Everybody should do that probably. And so I did some now. Googling and yeah, you can buy remote controlled oh, lawnmowers. I wouldn't. It's like, it's, it's like a Roomba for your yard. It is kind of like a Roomba looking thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bigger, obviously. And there was, I, I saw like tutorials uh, where you can DIY, create your own remote controlled lawnmower and it looked pretty easy. So it's, does it does it look like Wayne Selinsky's remote uh, control lawnmower? It does not. I want all the antennae in like <laughs> yeah. spinning things. Is a, you can add that yourself, <laughs> I think. It's more like a drone. It looks okay. like a like a it's out of two like PVC pipes huh. uh, put together. But anyways, if you're into that, friggin' go ahead. 100%. No. I definitely have a yard here in LA. <laughs> yeah, we all do. Yeah. 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 Tons and tons of yard. Yeah, that real estate I got in the back. Uh Dogs having great ears was a quote in the yeah, movie. Yeah, that's actually true. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. They're very accurate there. Dogs can hear better than us. Yep, they hear better. They hear a, a wider range of frequencies than us. Yes. Uh, they can move their ears around. They've yeah, I read a musculature. very acute fact, which is that uh, dogs with perked ears usually have better hearing than dogs with floppy ears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that makes sense. But of course. Yeah, okay, yeah then it can direct it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, I also read that puppies are born deaf. And they can't hear anything until they're 21 days old. Really? Yeah. Oh, Did that's cute. Mammals are weird. <laughs> it's kind of Mammals cute. are weird, though. Yeah, and I hate them. Yeah. yeah. Puppies pass. Spinal cord, no thank you. Yeah. Give me those ants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we lick those ants. Hey, He's now. into some weird stuff. Mm. I don't know. Uh, apparently, that's... He says it's a protocol. It... The way you collect ants, the easiest way to collect ants sometimes is what we call the lick and stick method, which is you lick your finger, you yeah. stick the ant, and then you can put it into the oh, container. Yeah. That sounds legit to you? That sounds official? One, I'm pretty sure I've done that. I mean, like, you, you but can But that's use, what I'm saying. Like, so He's a the other option is you use forceps and, like, mm -hmm. trying to get... Too hard. It can be, it can be a pain in the butt. And, like, ants come in big groups, so you can just kind of... But you let that... You did let it crawl in your mouth? No, uh, well, yeah, that that also happened, but that's that's a yeah. whole nother story. Uh, Max <laughs> says that this is all just claims that I assume are false. Yeah. Max says that that's how you differentiate between ants. Okay, is so that you put them in your mouth and you taste them. Don't kill it, but you taste it and then you let it go, and that's how you can tell, like, oh, this this kind of ant tastes like fruit. Actually, fruit is a good way. So there are groups of ants that produce. So ants produce all these chemicals. That's yeah. how they communicate. And so some of the ants, like the the what we would call the formicines or the dolichotorhini, uh, these are the like carpenter ants, and then like these odorous house ants or the Argentine ants are part of the dolichotorhini. Okay. They, if you smash them, they smell kind of like blue cheese. Oh. And so it's producing, yeah, Give or me like a cracker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, I think it smells pretty good. <laughs> but if you if you <laughs> if you smell that or taste that, you know it's that that group of ants. Mm. And so if they don't sting you, so those ants, neither of those ants have stingers. Mm. And a lot yeah. of ants, 
yet. They can nope. get modified. May, well, so they've already been modified. So they ah. started out basally with stingers and have l- lost their stingers. Okay. And have, they went from basil to blue cheese. Yeah, basil to blue what cheese. You're saying. <laughs> what a what a yes. weird flavor combo. Yeah, that's some sharp sharp tastes around yeah. the. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a really bad uh, caprese salad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's gone wrong. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So some will taste kind of like blue cheese. Others are really tangy, and it's a quick way to like. Oh, that's what that is. And because they look the same. So it's just easier. So some of the in some cases, yes, but it's more of a it's sort of a joke, but it's also kind of a like, no, it it legitimately you can differentiate these ants by taste. Okay, have you eaten any insects, bugs, anything like that? Uh, Yeah, I think I've eaten like a grasshopper so I could get like a free cold stone creamery thing <laughs> oh, scoop oh, or something i, I walked like, past like survivor something like or something yeah uh wait you were on survivor is no like saying? it was like a survivor promo or something i don't oh, know oh, okay um i think that's like the only kind of like bug bug i've purposefully how was the, the grasshopper crunchy scaly like yeah. you know not much flavor not much yeah just like okay okay yeah cooked up though and i wouldn't Before. eat it I wouldn't eat it some guy at 7-eleven last night offered me a lollipop with a scorpion in it and i was like I'll pass just randomly just like here's my he was like my hey you like pop. pranks and i was like <laughs> not really i was like no nah, i'm okay and he's like dude you gotta buy this lollipop man prank your friends and i was like i'm okay and he the whole transaction he's like pushing this lollipop on me damn desperate yeah speaking of which i read that you were stung by a scorpion is that correct oh yes that's no fun where did that information get leaked <laughs> probably it's part of the secret yeah of, uh, um, research. yeah that was it's truly a wild experience. But, well, let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I just remember, I, you know, from Arizona, lived like on the desert. They are everywhere. But, you know, you're pretty careful. But I just, I was at a neighbor's house and I was walking. And I just put my foot down and I felt something that felt like a splinter. Like, sure. Like a, like a wood splinter going mm-hmm. to you. So I look down and I see the scorpion. I'm like, oh, man. I definitely oh, just got no. <laughs> And it, it's very, it's like scary when you first get stung by a scorpion because there's bark scorpions which are the most kind of poisonous and the thing that people are allergic to the most so mm-hmm. you have to like just monitor what's happening yeah. um very closely and you do this a waiting game and then if you feel certain symptoms it's like go to the hospital Damn. so i remember stung me i was like oh i was like all right everyone there's a scorpion i just got stung da, da, da. and then like i opened the door i took like two steps and on my second like step my foot hit the ground and it just was like a bullet just like Ooh. just like ripped through because it was the side of my foot so it's like the soft part it's like sensitive and it just like it was i could not walk it was almost unbearable for a second whoa it was wild how long did the like these effects last pain lasted for a while for a second but then it mostly just got like swollen Mm. so just like my foot like blew up so just like you put some ice so luckily nothing like happened where it traveled like on my leg or like i got nauseous um it just was like so painful yeah it's so scary probably just to even see the scorpion after yeah having that feeling yeah scorpion they're like everywhere though so you're yeah. kind of like you're like okay this one was so stupid though because it's like it wasn't like <laughs> it was like i just like walked past it for like a second you know it was it wasn't like i was intimidating yeah. anything it wasn't like i deserved it it was like are you i looked down and i was just like are you kidding me like, <laughs> i stepped yeah. on you oh like i like i barely stepped on you yeah but that's that's honestly Quit when most out. stings happen is like putting on clothing yeah or something like that so like damn you I, yeah i've been stung by lots of things but i spend a lot of time messing with things that sting um scorpion 
Not a scorpion, actually. Okay. No, no scorpion. So I was like, oh, what is that like? Well, I, next, I, kind of I beat wonder. you. Yep, there yeah. you go. <laughs> and we'll I've been see starting. you next time. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Ryan wins. <laughs> so there's this really group, interesting group of ants called the acacia ants okay. or the twig twig dwelling ants. Um, and they're really famous because they have this awesome mutualism. So they work together with this tree where they defend the tree. The tree grows these big thorns that the ants hollow out and live inside of. Oh. And the tree also produces these things that are called Belchian bodies, which are basically little protein packets that the ants can eat. Whoa. And they also have what are also called extrafloral nectaries. So it's a non-flower thing that produces nectar. Cool. Extrafloral nectar. And so the ants live in this tree, eat from this tree, drink from this tree. And if you happen to walk near this tree, the ants dive bomb you. So like 10 to 100 ants Crazy. will jump off this tree and immediately start stinging you. Damn. And it is the most awful thing in the planet because like so i'm i'm not allergic to most ants interesting a lot of entomologists become allergic to what they study become allergic yeah so if you get constantly stung by something you can develop allergies oh man as a also if you a lot of things like roaches a lot of insects shed a lot of stuff they mm -hmm. they produce a lot of chemicals they shed a lot of like yeah like uh exoskeleton and so you can develop allergies to it Damn. you can develop like respiratory issues um i have issues with this group of ants pseudomyrmex which is the, the twig ants and the acacia ants. That's your and enemy. Yeah. They, they, when they sting me, they light me up. Like I get massive, massive, massive swelling. Ooh. And I walked under one of these trees once and you're just kind of like, you're walking through the forest. If you're not paying attention, you're like, oh, that hurts. Ow. Ah, ah, and you're just all of a sudden covered in a hundred ants that have, Whoa. that are literally dive bombing out of this tree Damn. to, to get you because you got too close to their home. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it's this really famous mutualism studied by, one of the like premier ecologists of our time, this guy named Dan Jansen. Dan Jansen. Well, Max, I'll take it back. You win. No. Yeah, that's way cooler. <laughs> yeah, that, and I way mean, more no, deadly. No, Guy no, that is, they're not deadly at all. They're they're just obnoxious. I've I've hmm. been lit up by a, a bullet ant once, and that was that was awful. My he survived. I, I told my story the, the last time we were here, but my my. Uh, lab mate, this guy named Evan Gora, he actually had a much worse situation. So I got stung in the finger while climbing. Evan, we were setting up a tree. So a lot of my research before I moved to LA was doing studying ants that live in trees in the rainforest. Evan was putting a rope through a tree and a bullet ant fell and landed and stung him on the neck. Whoa. And Evan was like nearly hallucinating. He was saying he had to like sit down oh, and like man. had like throbbing pain in oh. his neck and stuff. He was like, I'm having trouble to kind of deciding if like where the trees end and like it was it was pretty loopy we were like all right we're gonna have to call it a day evan is done <laughs> wow it's it's an incredibly painful experience but it's damn yeah. i mean shout out to evan yeah evan's yeah. survival story right, right there evan evan definitely <laughs> has the worst stings situation that i've i've seen there's another guy who like squatted down into one of their colonies by accident got like 12 15 of these stings on his butt on his legs and probably up uh, up his legs. It's up his legs. Yeah. I think yeah. we all know, <laughs> yeah. know what that is. That's, that's also what I call my butthole. <laughs> Interested in people checking out the upper part of my legs uh, later tonight. Um, there's a kid who sits in pollen. Speaking of all these yeah. allergy things, if I don't know people that are allergic to pollen, maybe I do, and I just don't know that about them because I don't listen. What were you saying? I would say if you're going where I think you're going, this question. Yes, great question. Oh, well, you, then you take it. No. Are you are you saying like if you were allergic to pollen, you were right. shrunk, and you fell like into pollen, you were allergic? Would to, you still you would like cease to exist, <laughs> right? So bad because right? he says in the film, it's too, "I'm too small. I'm too small. I can't breathe it in." And I was like, "That is one of the dumbest things I've yeah. ever heard." Unless, of course, I'm dumb, in which case maybe that's true. Yeah, 
Are we dumb? I'm. I'm Be not. Careful a, you answer this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on the same page as you all. So okay. I am not a plant expert, and I'm definitely not an allergy expert by any by any means. Um, but my understanding of pollen is that pollen is often micro microscopic it can be so small that it's basically best seen with a, a nice microscope and so even if you're crap microscope even now. if you're according to them three quarters of an inch tall you're still going to be you're that guy just basically bathed in pollen and it, he should have been asthmatic so to like, the extreme okay, okay yeah and his whole body that would be my up. expectation yeah what an awful way to die yeah yeah and like and watch your brother die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just basically, my lungs are collapsing or swelling up. Yeah. I'm done. There, yeah. You know, you know, there's a version of this that's really dark, and we gotta I, get our hands on honestly, it. Honestly, they it should, should make a campy B horror movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Where they shrink down and then Action, one by one. They should one, make Honey, I Shrank the Kids. Yep. <laughs> yep. Fix Thank it. You. Solved it. And then retell the story. <laughs> but retell, oh my God. So good. Because they could, one could die from the broom. Yeah. One could die just in the garbage bag, tossing around with God knows what. You know? <laughs> there's so many levels. The ants yeah. could wreck one. Easy. Yeah. Pollen. You have easy. the one kid and then the last kid gets eaten and like that's yeah scorpion the, the family oh, never, the family never finds the kids and they're just like man i wonder them. what yeah. happened to you them. know what the family does kill themselves yeah <laughs> oh am i right very i love the fog <laughs> <laughs> i love the fog like i said it like that is the uh, yes. just standard classic film the ending yes. of that film is so crazy <laughs> i love citizen kane <laughs> they, they kill themselves because they shrunk their kids yeah, accidentally God, that's led um, I thought this was this is just another stupid example of how Wayne Slinsky is an idiot, and I'm sorry for doing it. No. But it really bothered me when he comes into the first time after the kids get shrunk, shrink. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. I'm not an etymologist. Okay. Shrunk, right? Yeah, get yeah. shrunk. After they get shrunken, they <laughs> he comes in. I'm just gonna change it every time. Now. Okay, I love that. <laughs> he comes in, shrink, and he goes like, "Oh, my couch!" Like he tries to sit and he falls, and then he's like, "Hmm." I guess my couch is gone. And it's like the only other thing in this room is a giant shrink ray gun. 100%. Look for the couch. He looks for the couch way later in the movie. It takes him like another half hour till he's like, hmm, huh, there was a thing went off. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. And by the way, can we just talk about that for one second? Because at the end, somehow the baseball fixes the machine and he's able to. The heat, the heat from the laser is causing this issue it's what making... the hell was that did i miss that yeah. did you guys get it no well there's my... nothing to get about the science of the shrink ray <laughs> i just didn't even know how it was like explained to the audience i just all that i know in my head right now is baseball everything solved i bought it because <laughs> how many times do you have something electric and you just go like <laughs> like those n64 <laughs> cartridges <laughs> but like that it even makes now. that Good makes more sense there, yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense to me as far as like oh the baseball hit it now it works now yeah. somehow because it got jolted with electricity etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's that's not what happened he somehow like uses the baseball and just like lays it next to the machine i was so lost right there. he could have just turned off the lasers like the baseball was blocking the laser which was heating things up which well, none of this makes sense anyway okay. so okay the entire premise of 
how this machine works mm -hmm. is that it reduces the so everything's made of matter and that matter is made of atoms and there's space between atoms mm -hmm. and the entire premise is that he's going to shrink the space between atoms so that happens in the real world in like neutron stars and like black holes and stuff like that so he's creating a black hole machine <laughs> and so like already i'm just like oh okay so you're going to destroy everyone if this works i okay. love like Damn. fast forwarding into the future which we obviously know through yeah. the sequel they just shrink themselves yeah but, right or the parents but even more so it's like yeah he um he becomes a super villain named right. the Ooh. black hole oh that sounds good i like it they I'm could be it. part of the horror honey i shrank the kids right. yeah yeah yep. he's the he's a bad guy honey i shrunk us all yeah honey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. that sounds good yeah we're yeah. back in baby i know this is your film ryan but can he still kill himself at the end? One hundred percent. Okay, that's all that I want. I'm all that's left. I have a question for you guys. They, uh, it's getting to be nighttime in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Yes, and they're trying to make their way, and they each grab a stick that lights on fire and stays on fire neatly, and they all look the same. And my question to you guys is, what the hell is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, yeah, now that I think about Swamp it. Swamp gas. <laughs> what? <laughs> like the physics when you're that small, correct me if I'm wrong, but sure. like, wouldn't that truly, like, wouldn't it just be like, like it just They do burn? a couple things. So actually there's this, there's, there is this whole commentary about like the size you have to be to start a technological society. Because mm -hmm. if you're really small, so like we never have to worry about ants becoming like, technological mm. because there's a size limit at which the amount of heat like a fire gives off mm. and how close you can get to actually manipulate it sure like there's a, a limit to that so an ant oh. actually can never manipulate i don't remember the exact physics behind it, it but like being able to ignite something and keep it lit at a certain size um and but what if they're very far yourself. away with a huge uh rod well, have to, yeah like it gets it just gets really convoluted um okay. and i think like it literally just won't stay lit for long enough Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I don't remember all of the premise behind it, but basically there's this like, you have to be somewhere around our size. Mm. So Not, do you have to be able to start a fire to be well, that's part of the technologically the advanced? Technologically advanced. Yeah. Um, no, I think so. I mean, there's arguments against it. So like, could dolphins become... Like if humans were gone and dolphins had millions of years to evolve, they've got big brains already. Could they develop, they use tools to some degree. Mm -hmm. Could they develop like a technological society? A water-based... Can we uh, make that movie also? That <laughs> sounds signed. What is the Kurt Vonnegut uh, book where they end up like all the humans basically end up as dolphins? It's Cat's what? Cradle? Oh. I don't remember which one. Okay. Yeah, I'll read that. Add it to the list, baby. I don't yeah, remember. Dolphin Tech. Yeah. Right um, after I finish my Cosmo for May, though. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yeah, but basically. I have no idea. There's no way that those things would have stayed lit. They yeah, just look no so way. neat, and they yeah. do, right? I want to know how they built all that stuff. Like, right. not just not just the like this thing stays lit, but they built a harness for the ant. Yep. They have all this like equipment that they have Dude, around that part the Lego was piece. Hilarious. I'm just like, to me. how did you guys do all they this so go quickly? To sleep. They wake up. They have like a whole city. They yeah. have like a little village. They built of, a camp. What the hell are you talking about? And also, they didn't need any of that, so no, they didn't they even left. use it. It was just there. <laughs> And then they woke up and they left. And one kid, uh, the smallest kid, when they wake up, says, can we sleep longer? 
<laughs> it's like we need to get to safety. We need to yeah. remember the giant scorpion that tried to eat us. We yeah. just put some sticks up to defend ourselves. Let's go, Nick. That, yeah. There wasn't even a purpose said for all of that stuff. No. It was just over there. I thought that was a huge oversight. <laughs> Why build that? Why build that? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to know how. I'm just like, these are impressive kids. Like going from like, oh, we don't know anything about being outdoors. Oh, we built a harness actually for this ant that yeah, perfectly holds all of us onto it. And like gonna pitch this. <laughs> Hit it. They're not the first ones to actually be shrunk. Oh, Those they came were across old. a society. And they've they've been shrunk by the evil. What's his name? The Wait. dark hole. The dark, the <laughs> the dark, dark hole. The dark know. hole, yeah. The dark this hole. This is the beginning of the dark hole. And I don't know, maybe they like saw them and were like, all right, we're gonna protect them or yeah. You know, that's I, the only explanation. Honestly, that explanation so much better than all I'm, the I'm all for it. Bull crap yeah. that I was thinking <laughs> that they assumed that we knew. I don't know. I thought that was so dumb. But I love this that there's like secret other kids that yeah. have passed away. Yeah. It'd be great if they came across in the horror, honey I shrank the kids. Uh yeah. some bones. You yeah. know, oh some dead kids' bones. Dad's been doing this for years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> love that. Okay. Love that. I assume you're writing all this down. I'm <laughs> It's all we're gonna get sued. All right, good. I trust you. It's there's no way it's like. Can we just in general talk about how every person in this movie is a terrible human being? Like how all of them interact. Like like the the parents interacting with each other, the Mm -hmm. kids interacting with each other. I'm like, wow, Gen X. Like yeah, I'm really sorry that these. This is like this is your homie commonplace. Yeah, yeah. Like this is your expectation for for early high school, middle school. Like. Very strange. Um, I just want to know if you think a scorpion would beat an ant in a fight. Because they battle in this film. A single ant? I would say yes. The fact that Auntie doesn't have, you know, 30 sisters with her going like, oh, we're just going to eat all of you. Right. Is going to. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That scorpion would have destroyed a single ant. But the kids would have never been able to chase off the scorpion. So, like, if we just think about, like, the thickness of an exoskeleton. Yeah. They they would have just, like, the scorpion would have been like, I wear wear armor. He threw a spear into his eye socket or something (laughs) like that. It was a great throw. Yeah, but that's also armored. Like, it's (laughs) on the football team. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's. Yeah, Russ shouldn't be on the football team. It's his little brother. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He's got an arm. He's got. Look out for him. (laughs) Next Tom Brady. Um, oh, I've done, there was just a huge line. I was reading in all caps. It says, who built that crap while they slept? Yeah. <laughs> but we talked about that. Glad we got to it. Um, oh, I thought it was funny how Wayne falls asleep while working on the machine. Like, instead of continuously looking for his children, which is what any anyone would do, he goes to work on the machine to try and fix it, to leave them to die. And then not only is working on it, but falls asleep. Yeah. So I thought that was just good. Like you're saying, parenting, just a good person. Just, just, he was just all A plus. So much, they just accidentally fell asleep. Right, sure. I'm really trying to give him a little bit of a hero. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, yeah. like, I, that's reasonable. That. Like, sign. Science hours, the kind of expectation is that like you, you, there is no delineation between home and work and whatnot. You kind of are constantly thinking about it because like as a scientist, you're basically paid to think yeah. right. and to come up with ideas and then to implement them. Mm-hmm. And so like I've definitely fallen asleep in my lab before yeah, while doing work, but I didn't have kids right, <laughs> yeah. that were possibly dying yeah. Uh, yeah, I think 30 feet from you. a slightly different story. Yeah. Also, a little bit more motivated. Also, do you have a better solution? To how to find the kids because he does some really dumb you know he's hooked himself They're inventive up. though <laughs> yeah it's inventive and cool but took way too much time yeah. probably we didn't see how long that took to build apparently less than a day 
Whoa, definitely left. They built it. multiple things. Like, how Seems does like everyone build all this stuff so quickly? Really fast. I'm super impressed by these engineers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Unless he had that in the garage or something. I don't know why you would. <laughs> <Just in case. laughs> but uh but yeah, I just thought like, oh, this That's is probably not question. the best way to like I thought from an audio perspective, he could go out there with like a little satellite Sound dish and, oh. a, and headphones and then maybe try to hear them. Huh. Um, but I don't know how else to try and save I, your kids. Yeah, I try to think of something creative. Like what I like my what would I do to find a small thing? Yeah, and I don't have an answer. <laughs> You'd get stilts and binoculars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Thank you. I mean, from the kids' perspective, if they had just climbed up on something tall mm-hmm. and waited, mm. oh sure, they would have probably like so. Like if you get lost in the woods, the first thing that so I've done a lot of tropical research, and mm. the first thing we train people to do is so often we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, there's usually like a set spot that we are working in. Uh-huh. And it may be delineated, it may not be, um, but off, you can kind of walk off and be like, oh, crap, I don't I'm I gone. don't see anyone. Yeah. So the first thing they train you to do is don't – and the first thing we train students to do is stop. Hmm. Stop and just yell. Okay. Chances are we'll hear you, we'll find you. If not, don't go anywhere because hmm. we can figure out where you were and probably where you walked off to. Mm-hmm. And so, you, so Wayne literally does that. He's like, ah, oh, I probably threw them away. If they had stayed right there near the trash can oh. and like just been like movie over, totally movie was over. over. The, the biggest so problem couldn't. is the kids left. <laughs> yeah, we needed them to move. Yeah, the sister yeah. was like, "We gotta make this an hour thirty. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's got to be some dangerous there's stuff in this be, backyard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's go find an ant <laughs> and make friends with it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the uh, earthworm. There's an earthworm burrow, burrow. scene. I don't know anything about earthworms. I wish I could be like, yes. And I don't want to. Yeah. Boring. (laughs) (laughs) Boring name, too. Earthworm. Yeah. Okay. It's just a tube. We have we have a bug called a butterfly. Let's get let's check that out. Um, okay, I have a few things that you uh, emailed me, Max, which yeah. was so great. Thank you for doing that. Scientists out there that are coming on the show, you don't have to do this. Uh, normally you don't, but Max went ahead and emailed me some points here, which I thought was great. Um, we're, uh, the physics of shrinking someone you mentioned, how being small would change everything and make none of this movie possible. Yeah, so like commented the, on that, but. The, first, the first thing is like, so if you're just smashing the space together between atoms, you're not actually changing the weight of anything. So like... Mm. All those oh. kids would have actually been the exact same weight. So, like, when he tried to sweep them up, he would have been, like, and Whoa. just, like, hit something that weighed as much of a, as a kid. That would have been cool. So, like, the density shouldn't have changed. According to his, like, here's how we shrink things. Right, right. So, like, it would have just been, like, he would have never been able to pick up the bag because it would have been full of four kids. Wow. Like, Crazy. everything should have weighed. Or, like, whenever they pick up the, that. the, yeah, the sofa. But, like, the basic premise is, like, literally all we've done is smashed all the atoms closer together essentially mm-hmm. or the space within the atoms so they so, should have just not said how he did it yeah i guess yeah in part and so i was like uh the other thing is like so the world really changes actually whenever you get small um in a lot of ways the way you interact with other objects so a great example of that is the way they treated water in this movie it was actually i think pretty pretty well done mm-hmm. so it's oh. kind of like it almost looked like snot the whole yeah. time and honestly, that that's not that inaccurate as to how water may interact with an insect. So if you get into a tub or a pool, you get out and like it's not really that noticeable. You may you may add like 
two to five, maybe even 10% of your weight on in just like extra water. Mm -hmm. If you put a mouse in a tub of water and pull it out, it actually doubles its weight because- The fur? Yeah. Well, just because so much water sticks to you. So Mm -hmm. the amount of water that sticks to you kind of ends up depending on your size in some ways. And tiny insects, water becomes almost like syrup. So dealing with surface tension. So like an insect, a really dangerous thing to deal with is whenever it rains, it's not that it's this like explosion of water like they had. It's like basically this sticky gloop of going bloop. And if you get stuck onto it, you can't get out. You're you're like stuck in syrup. Damn. And so the biggest issue is, is then breaking surface tension. Sure. And so like there are many points in which like, yeah, so like, they don't have to worry about like falling great distances, which I actually thought they did pretty well. They launched these kids in like all sorts of weird ways. And I'm like, oh, wow, that should have broken everything. But as a super small thing, you don't pick up enough velocity. Yeah. And so actually they shouldn't hurt themselves. So like that was actually intentionally or unintentionally well done. And the water was intentionally or unintentionally fairly well done in my opinion. Okay. Um, The other thing is like, it's like you see like flies and stuff like that climbing on like the ceiling of your house. Mm -hmm. Flies actually don't have to deal too much with gravity. Gravity isn't a major effector whenever you're that small. So you still have oh. gravitational forces okay. acting on you, but other forces like friction or adhesive forces like water tension actually become so much more, they're, they are, you weigh so little that those forces are more important. So mm. actually climbing up things is a lot easier. So, okay. That and so sense. like, and then you have this whole issue with like, as you get smaller like that, the reason, part of the reason insect eyes are so different, one, they completely evolved along a different pathway than us. But as you get really small, the way you can focus on things changes. So if you look across like mammals, mm-hmm. all of our eyes, unless you get to like nocturnal things, or even if you're really small or really large, your eyes are tend to be fairly large until you get larger. Like the proportion of our head that is eye is much smaller compared to like a rat. Mm-hmm. And the reason behind that is your ability to focus on things is dependent on the lens size of your eye. And so if you shrink these kids down, they basically become blind, like, because you can't, you literally can't see anymore. And so like, there are just, there's so many issues with like, okay, well, one, you would have weighed a ton. Two, now you can't see. Three, the water just drowned all of you. Like, these are all great for the horror. Yeah. <laughs> by the way. We can't see. All of a sudden you're blind. I, uh, that would be terrifying. Yeah. And legit. Like you could also explain it in scientific terms. Yeah, People I, I, like, damn. I'm not yeah. a physicist. And like, I, it's, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> I, I'm probably getting some of the details wrong about like how sight would work at that size. Uh-huh. I'm I'm almost certainly getting the details wrong. Great. But, for the most part. <laughs> so all of this is false. Yeah. Most of it was was fair, was it somewhat on good. target. Yeah. 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 If we call that datum ex rectum. Datum ex rectum. Yeah. From out, from lo- out the butt. Right. <laughs> I love that DJ. Yeah. <laughs> Just headline Coachella. Yeah. Set list, right? yeah he is. Fantastic. Um, but yeah. Okay. So it's, it's, I just. And then you also so said many that what they it. get right is insect morphology. Yeah. So like the, the actual models that they use are actually oh. fairly good. Like, okay. Like. Was that ant an ant I could identify? Like, I'm like, oh, it's that. No, but I could look at it and go like, oh, that it, you've got the right parts in the right way. And like, I would guess you're either a formicine or a dolicoterine, which should be in California, which is where they're supposed to be. Okay. And maybe I could, I could put a genus on it and go like, eh, it's within reason. Hmm. It's 
Like, and that's pretty did impressive it, for like eat how. Yeah, the mouth parts are done really well. Oh, like okay. they they, they go into like really good detail. Like the, so, ant mouths are really strange. You've got these big mandibles, and then you have looks these strange and gross. Yeah, you've got these little like internal finger things called palpi, okay. uh, which they use like manipulate food. And the ant's got Ugh. these palpi. It's got these great like I it's got all the, the hairs. Hate it. Like it's. Re- <laughs> I hate so, oh, that's fair. I'm going to say it. Ant mouth parts, like most insect mouth parts are, are fascinating and disturbing. So like insect mouth parts and insect genitalia yeah. are crazy things. Like they're covered in hairs and spines and twists and turns and like Oof. all sorts of just ridiculous morph, morpho, morphological it's a, it's a bit and like I don't even know what the word is. Just, yeah. they're interesting. And, and so I really like love it anyways. Yeah, it's it's disturbing, but it's it's yeah. I was very impressed with uh, their the attention to detail they gave to the insect, to the ant, scorpion, the, and the bee. Also, I, the bee you don't really get a lot of great close ups oh, on it. That's true. Yeah, you don't really see um, the bee. Would but even what you could see seemed the, seemed appropriate. Would they get killed by like the wings of the bee? Yeah. So I was thinking about that. I was like, how do you hold on to that bee? So that mm. from like a, I have no idea if those kids could have remotely held on. Like mm. those things move quick. Like mm-hmm. a bee can run you down. Can you imagine trying to hold on to something that's moving at like bullet speed is yeah. what it would feel like, I imagine. And its ability to like maneuver. Like, yeah. Move, like it's not like you're, it's you're getting like, jerked. Oh God. <laughs> right. Yeah. Moving yeah. direct, changing direction so fast, probably. Yeah. Not to mention those wings are coming up like all the time. Like, right. I was another great way for a kid to die. Yeah. In the horror just version. launch a bee, launch a kid with a bee. <laughs> I'm going to ride this bee. And I just... actually like the idea of a kid falling off and then the wings just keep going. <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah, that's good. The great thing is you could drop a kid off and it wouldn't kill him because they don't pick up enough velocity. And like we could oh, find true. little Timmy later and he's like, I didn't die. Yeah, yeah I'm here. And but, then he does die. Yeah. And then yeah he well, does. obviously he's going to die. Yes. Yeah, they're all going to die. <laughs> Would it make a huge dent in the ground because he still no, weighs a hundred? Oh, but yeah. Oh, uh, well, if you, if you still oh, if we're working that. from that premise, how do they even get on the bee? <laughs> that bee just I mean, immediately yeah, squished. Good point. Yeah, would it? Okay, interesting. I I love I love the <laughs> twist of they're small, but they weigh the same. They yeah. should if, if they based on move. how they smashed the explanation. You'd be for so the, powerful. <laughs> <laughs> you would be Ant Man. You would be Ant Man. That is literally how oh, Ant Man works. So where he's like, oh no, I still have all my mass. Right, well, guys, we just really came full circle. <laughs> so yeah, we just wanted to promote Ant Man yeah, uh, yeah. and the Wasp. You guys should go see that yeah. sequel. Go see it. It's been out. It's done. It's on Netflix now. It's on Netflix. <laughs> Wish uh, Ryan Barton as uh, the titular Ant Man. Unbelievable yeah. performance. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I th- honestly, Paul Rudd was good in the first one, but you, thank you, in the second one, and yeah. we grossed. Almost 200. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is really impressive. Which is impressive for you, man. Um, okay, so that's pretty much all the questions I had. Ryan, do you feel dissatisfied with your I got shrunk knowledge? Everything I wanted answered. Okay. And most of it, the <clears throat> the big part that I want to answer was like, yeah, if they shrink, can they fall off surfaces from like from far and like still be okay? Yep. Should. Yeah. And then Should like, okay. yeah, they like just sounds like, yeah, they just bounce off a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, would you recommend if a friend told you I have not seen this movie? I would apt, I would watch it with them. Okay, that's nice of you. That's a good <laughs> yeah. friend. That's a good friend. Yeah. Um, and we do you know a plugs uh, type section if there's something you people should check out. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, well, I guess if you listen to my voice and you're like, I gotta meet that guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I do improv at Upright Citizens Brigade all the time um, on Herald Night, and then I don't, I'm currently working on a couple projects, but none of them are like ready to be plugged yet. 
Okay. Because they're not ready. Where can people find you on their social oh, media sure. devices? I love a good social. Um, very active on the Instagram. Oh, under yeah. Rybrator. R-R-Y-B-R-A-T-O-R, baby. Oh, yeah. But not baby. Just uh, That was just me adding that. <laughs> just so just Rybrator as is. Yeah. The baby was an ad lib. But... Baby was an ad lib. Something fun and charming about me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, well, thank you for being here. Max, is there something uh, you'd like to tell people about? Yeah. Yeah. So, um no matter when this comes out, uh, we at the museum have an annual bug fair. This year it's going to be May 18th and 19th, um, but we do it every year. It's always the second or third week of May. Uh, we would love to see a lot of people out there. It's a great place to talk to experts about insects. Uh, there's lots of insect vendors who are out selling insects or insect paraphernalia. Yeah, okay. you can actually come and get pet pet insects. Whoa. Yeah. I'm coming. Yep. Um, <laughs> Ryan's in. Yeah, so we would definitely encourage people to come do that. Also, we have an ongoing project that we call Bioscan. Okay. where we are looking at the diversity of insects here in LA. Uh, part of LA, LA is within the California Floristic Province, which is a biodiversity hotspot. So it means that we have a lot of things that live here in our region that don't live anywhere else on the planet. And we're trying to map that diversity, discover new species, and most importantly, increase the amount of diversity, of biodiversity we have in our city. Cool. So we're looking for ways to do that. And Part of that project is we set up traps in people's yards to see what insects are there. So if it's okay. something you'd be interested in, um, please go by the uh, Natural History Museum's uh, website, which is nhm.org. nhm.org. And people can volunteer to yeah. have you trap up their yard? Basically, that. that, And we also use a program called iNaturalist to document insects, which people can do with their smartphones. It will identify things for you, everything from insects to birds, plants. Ooh. Uh, it's a really great program. It, and it, anything that you document then get sent to the scientist and we can use that as data to figure out Damn, what's going on in the that world. That sounds cool because I never know what the hell anything is. Yeah, if you I don't know what it, it is, iNaturalist. <laughs> it's a fantastic app. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, well, thank you both for being here. I had a great time yeah, and we'll see you next time for Honey, I, what was this second <laughs> I blew ourselves up or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Okay, we probably won't do that movie. I'll see you later. Uh, <laughs> bye! <laughs> Bad Science is hosted by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our social media producers are Kate Baker and EJ Gullett. And the executive pocket-sized deucer is Brett Kushner. Be sure to follow us on Instagram if you are on Instagram, at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. You can send us an email letting us know what movie you'd like us to do next and any questions you have at badscienceatseeker.com. That's badscienceatseeker.com. Also, it would be great if you could leave us an iTunes review. That helps other people learn about the show, and we all really appreciate that. Uh, all right, that's it. I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>